Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is seven minutes after the hour. We kick off the program with Joe Gilbert, Action Tactical, and uh, we'll get some tips from Joe. Joe, welcome. How are you this morning? Hey, fantastic, man. How are you? I am doing well. Uh, you want to send people to your website so they can hook up and yeah. find a... That sounded dirty, but I didn't mean it to. Go ahead. Yeah, come on out to joegilbert.us. It's my name, .us. So joegilbert.us. Easy peasy. Uh, you know, lots of people are, are uh, you know, giving these basic classes on how to conceal carry, but you have to know how to defend your home, how to defend your family, how to react in certain situations, and that's where you really excel. And uh, you, know, you, you actually have tips that you won't give on the air because you don't want the bad guys to know how this response would uh, affect their attack. Right, and not only the bad guys, how it all, you know, affect their attack, but also the legal outcome. And if you think about it, we spend you know, $600 for a gun, and it could cost us a million dollars if we shoot somebody, especially today. If you shoot somebody with the wrong political view in the wrong um, you know, arena, you're, you're in trouble. You bet. Coming up about an hour from now, we're going to have uh, Dr. John Lott on the program. He has written a book called Gun Control Myths. He is... You know, he is the guru for violence prevention. He is the violence prevention expert, uh, and he will expose those myths, and uh, we'll get a chance to chat with him. Also on board with us this morning, Larry Whalen, Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Good morning, Gary. It's good to be back on with you. Good morning. Glad to have you on board as well. Uh, I'm just curious. Um, there are some firearms that, uh, in fact, I purchased one uh, from one manufacturer that I thought, Oh, boy. Uh, this was a mistake. Um, are there manufacturers that uh, whose products you're leery of that you, you don't carry or you have to test thoroughly before you will? Um, yeah, there, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of really good products in, in the marketplace, but there are some that are, uh, you know, uh, somewhat suspect on, on, uh, on reliability. Um, things that, you know, I wouldn't buy as a life-saving tool for any of my family members. Um, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, so, yeah, you just have to be, you have to be discerning on that. And, you know, you don't want to, uh, that's one of those places you don't want to go really cheap, you know? Yeah. Um, and it doesn't take, you know, it, it's a weird category. You know, one of those things, you know, you can, uh, if you go from three to $600 on the purchase of a handgun, you've gone from eh, somewhat questionable to, uh, an absolute world-class product that you can, you know, de de use to de dependably uh, defend your life. Yeah, uh, this is the one place you don't want to cheap out. I mean, you yeah. you might cheap out on a lampshade or a window blind, but you don't want to do it uh, on a firearm. Uh, on no, Facebook, buy, I was going to say buy two, buy two, buy two. Um, yeah, if you train, if you're going to train a lot and be serious, you're going to put hundreds of thousands of rounds through a gun. Buy two identical guns. Two Glocks, two G2s, two whatever, and 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 hammer one and keep another one that, that's in fine working condition. It's been tested. You know, it's cheap life insurance to have two because you don't want it to fail when you need it. That's you know, it's probably good advice. Uh, Larry and I only have one firearm each. Uh, <laughs> I was hoping to get a second gun one of these days. Jerry, one of these days, maybe, yeah. Maybe I need to go into training where I can really make some money. <laughs> <laughs> oh Lord! All right, so uh, top of the news. And I would argue not just in Missouri, but top of the news pretty much everywhere uh, is 
what has just been released on the McCloskey case. For those of you who are not uh, aware, and I'm sure most of you are, the McCloskeys were the couple who uh, brought firearms out on their front deck uh, when uh, the marauding band of of trespassers uh, ripped down the Iron Gate and uh, went on to private property. And they, of course, are being prosecuted um, in St. Louis. And, well, the latest is, I don't know, I can't believe this. The firearm that Patricia McCloskey was handling was inoperable. It couldn't be, it, it was actually used as a prop inside a courtroom for a lawsuit against a gun manufacturer. And what they did to make sure it was inoperable was they disassembled it, put the uh, spring on the wrong side of the firing pin so that it would not fire. So, you know, technically, uh, the three of us are <laughs> aghast that anybody would go out of their house uh, and point a gun that doesn't work at a marauding crowd. Um, bad enough to be outside the house to begin with, but, you know, brandishing a weapon that they, you know, the bad guys think will, will be used against them that doesn't work is is just asking for trouble. But advised uh, at best, yeah. Yeah, I mean... That's that's you're calling a somebody's going to call that bluff. How many of those uh, uh, protesters, uh, trespassers, have have been charged with with their with their crimes? Um, or, or, or do we have a, a politically motivated uh, prosecution going on here? You think Kim Gardner might be uh, politically motivated? I don't know. I look at the list of prosecutions, and uh, when it comes to that crowd, it's bupkis. Zero, yeah. not a zippo, nothing. Yeah, let's, is, let's put 5,000 people on Kim Gardner's front yard and see how she feels about things. Yeah, Gardner said it's illegal to wave a weapon in a threatening manner. That's, uh, that's unlawful in the city of St. Louis. And apparently there is, it, it, the weapon has to be uh, operable. You have to be able to use it to shoot people in order for that charge to stick. <laughs> so with an inoperable weapon, um, no no crime. You're saying, Gary? Uh, well, it, it it not only not only that, but the AR-15 that her husband was carrying was empty. The mag is there was no there were no rounds in it, so he was equally foolish. But here's what that's a, um, that's a dangerous bluff. But it doesn't sound like they'll be able to get a prosecution. Yeah, I, I, I it seems to me that it's going to be somewhat challenging, but. I will tell you in just a couple of minutes what Kim Gardner's team did that will have everybody stunned. You're listening to Gary on Guns, 93.9 Eagle. Hey, welcome. It is 19 minutes after the hour. Joe Gilbert on board, Action Tactical. You can uh, find his website, joegilbert.us, on the World Wide Web. Larry Wayland is with us from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. You're a little slow on the uptake again. You know, usually you well, jump really, right in I there. Thought I, had, I thought I nailed that one. I really did. I thought I thought I had that one just good. <laughs> I was going to go for a chorus, but you didn't start on time. I was going to join in. <laughs> See? <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're, if you just turn the radio on, we're talking about this uh, couple in uh, the McCloskeys in St. Louis who are being charged by Kim Gardner for waving this weapon. And uh, in order to charge the McCloskeys uh, under this Missouri law, the gun has to be, and this is in quotes, readily capable of lethal use. So it turns out that the firearm that Mrs. McCloskey was using uh, was a prop for a court case 
and the spring was put on the other side of the firing pin, rendering it totally inoperable. Uh, and uh, frankly, uh, law enforcement readily acknowledge, so they somehow have determined that the AR-15 had an empty magazine. There were no firearms, no, no rounds in it. Uh, so I don't know how it could be readily capable. But documents show that uh, St. Louis Assistant Circuit Attorney Chris Hinckley ordered the crime lab to field strip the pistol. Documents show the techs found the gun had been assembled wrong and the firing pin spring put in backward in front of the firing pin, rendering the weapon inoperable. The documents also showed that firearms experts disassembled the weapon and reassembled it properly, then test-fired it to confirm that it worked. Staff in the crime lab photographed the weapon's disassembly and reassembly. There was no reference to the fact that the gun didn't work in the charging documents against Patricia McCloskey that were written by Hinckley. I smell a rat here. <laughs> well, why yeah, don't they just rat. put a you know, quarter pound of crystal meth in the gun, too, and say, well, you know, at the crime lab, we went ahead and added some more evidence that we're going to use against you. Uh, this this is this is complete prosecu prosecutorial mis uh, malfeasance. I mean, you, you this is ridiculous, and I'm very glad that Governor Parsons has already said, "Go ahead, Kim, try it, and we're going to pardon him instantly." Yeah, the, the uh, uh, attorney general has uh, similarly uh, said that he is going to fight to protect the McCloskeys, who, by the way, are not Republicans. Uh, they are being defended by the Republicans, but they are not Republicans. Uh, any bets on whether or not they change their political persuasion? I would. I I'll bet they don't. Yeah, I was gonna, I'm with you. I don't. I don't think they will. But the fact that the prosecutor would have this gun disassembled and assembled correctly so that it was operable, and interestingly, it still wouldn't have been even if it had the spring on the firing pin was uh, installed properly. Still wouldn't have been usable. There was no ammo in it. <laughs> You know, if if somebody had called their bluff, their only recourse would have been to wing the gun into the crowd and hope to hit him in the head. This was just a political prosecution. Really, really irritating that uh, that uh, Kim Gardner might get away with this. Uh, coming up uh, about 45 minutes, no, about 30 minutes from now, uh, we are going to have Dr. John Lott in his book, Gun Control Myths. I want to tell you, I've been reading this book. And you can't get past the introduction. I mean, we could spend an hour on the introduction. And the foreword was by Andrew Pollack. And if you don't know who Andrew Pollack is, his daughter was one of the uh, children who, were kill who was killed <clears throat> in that Florida school uh, shootout. And he wasn't necessarily a Second Amendment supporter, but he did his homework. And when he was through, he realized just how inaccurate the reports have been and how poor the logic is behind gun control. Uh, let's go to the phones, 874-9390, the toll-free number, 800-529-5572. Brian, let's bring Mike on board. Mike, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. How are you? Pretty good. How you fellas doing? I'm doing well. Awesome. Hey, uh, I just wanted to make a comment on the McCluskey case. I, I'm, I don't know if you guys know more about the law than I do, but I don't see what... Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Can any of you guys understand what Mike is saying? 
I don't have my decoder ring on. I can't. Yeah, Mike, you're you're kind of breaking up. Can you stand still in one place and see if we can get a? Yeah, is this any better? Right there. Don't move. Go ahead and talk. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm not a lawyer, and I really don't know what's going to happen with this case. You guys probably know more about the law than I do, but this looks to me. She knows that she's not get a prosecution here. This is just. Uh, Showing them a lesson and costing them a few hundred thousand dollars in legal fees. And I wanted to know what you guys thought about the government doing that to people. And uh, I'll enjoy the show. So Thanks. All right, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. Uh, so what Mike is suggesting is that Kim Gardner knows she's not going to win this, but she wants to punish these people and, and make it cost them thousands of dollars to defend themselves. Um, you know, it's possible, uh, but I actually... Uh, I actually think there's something else going on here. I think she's trying to tell her far-left uh, uh, voters, I'm on your side. You know, if you're out there rioting, if you're out there uh, pushing for uh, you know police brutality and all that nonsense and racial inequality, I'm on your side. It's uh, also that's also a green light. She's given a green light to everybody that wants to do this, not us. But not the law abiding, but she's given a green light to the to the uh, to the bad actors, the violent criminal actors and, and the punishment. There's a cliche that the, that the punishment or the process is the punishment. And it's very true. I don't think that's her motive. I agree with you, Gary. But it's but it happens often. And the more these people do this and the people that end up being punished are the are the, the righteous, good citizens trying to defend themselves. Uh, it's just going to embolden these people. And this is going to be a tough, arduous year. The voters were look, looking like they were going to, they were going to, I'm sorry, not the voters, but the rioters were looking like they were going to turn on the mayor. Uh, and I think she got out in front of this to say, don't turn on me. I'm on your side, not prosecuting mm -hmm. any of the people who were, uh, you know, tearing down the gate, walking into private property and threatening these folks, but, but going after the people who are defending themselves, uh, which I think is her way of protecting her, her office. Uh, there are some interesting developments in Seattle that I think we need to talk about. But before we get too far, let's uh, let's sort of talk a little bit about uh, uh, contests and things like that that normally all summer long are going on all over the place. And Larry, I'm not seeing as many of these events. Uh, well, they're, they, 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 some have been canceled, some have been postponed. It's certainly um, certainly a different season. Um, but at Green Valley today, they are doing a uh, USPSA match. Um, and on the first uh, the first Sunday of each month, we've still got IDPA going on at Green Valley Rifle and Pistol Club. Um, our friends uh, Troy Miller over at uh, Central Missouri Rimfire have uh, have come back with with their um, Rimfire seasons. They're doing those on the first Saturdays of the month. Uh, so there's still some good shooting opportunities. Um, you know, they're they're um, they've modified some of the some of the activities so that they can uh, maintain the spacing and and um, you know. Uh, keep people safe, but uh, can we it, still go watch? Not, yeah, yeah. Spectators are, are um, allowed at all of those. Um, some of them, uh, you know, just check in at the at the at the uh, station when you get there and make sure that you're uh, equipped to follow all the rules that are, that each of the disciplines have. You do not want to go to these events without hearing protection, uh, if not eye protection, but for sure hearing protection. Yeah, ears, uh, ears and eyes are going to be required at all of them for sure. And some of them, you know, you're, you're going to have to uh, 
Uh, it's not uncommon for uh, facilities to require a waiver signed, even for spectators. But um, they, they all are, are welcoming, and they love to have new shooters. It, it's a great community of folks, and uh, some of the best people on, on the planet, uh, the competitive shooting community, the, the hunters, the sportsmen, uh, they, they love to see their, their discipline, their, their, their passion grow. So there's, it's a group of folks that are always willing to share and, and bring new shooters under the wing to show you the tips and tricks and how to, how to enjoy the competition. Yeah, competition will help their competitors. Uh, that's what a great group this is. By the way, when we're talking about hearing protection, probably the best, uh, and, and there are all kinds of great ways to do this, but what you say... Uh, what you about? say, the best hearing protection <laughs> ever, Miss Kathy Ergovic um, does that custom-molded hearing protection, and they cost around 50 bucks. Uh, it only takes, so uh, six or eight minutes to, for her to make the, uh, the mold impression uh, of, of, the inner, of that ear canal, and, uh, and then, you know, the plugs will, uh, when, when you install them, they, they seal very, very good, and the best part is you can wear them for an extended amount of time. They don't fatigue your, your ear canal. They don't hurt. They don't give you a headache. You know, within an hour of, of putting them in, um, because they, they're they're not constantly trying to expand as the little uh, disposable foamies are, uh, which can be horribly uncomfortable. Um, and uh, yeah, the the what you say hearing protection, it's it's the best stuff around. My wife Especially and I if both. You wear glasses. Yeah, there's yeah. a pressure on the on the sidearms. So yeah, in your ear. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's rubber hose, but in your ear with what you say. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've come up with. I think Kathy may use that. I don't know, uh, but <laughs> up your nose of the. Oh boy, <laughs> we have deteriorated so quickly this morning. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Okay, this is, oh, we love this you, is, Kathy. <laughs> this is a very serious topic. Uh, so we'll we'll try and regain our composure. Uh, Joe Gilbert with us. Action Tactical, joegilbert.us. Larry Whalen from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. Again, slow on the uptake. Bombshell. Oh, Gun sales up 95%. Ammo sales up 139%. Sales to black Americans up 58%. Wow, what does this mean? We'll chat about that next. Gary on Guns, Hot Talk, 93.9 Eagle. It is 35 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. And uh, Joe Gilbert is on board with us. Action Tactical. Uh, you know, it's good to have the firearm. It's good to know how to use the firearm. But tactics are important, too, when it comes to defending your home and your family, depending on the situation. And Joe Gilbert has those tactics down pat. Uh, so go to joegilbert.us. And uh, connect with him. In the meantime, Larry Wayland is also on board. Are you ready, Larry? From at Modern the, Arms. At the Brown Station location. Just not as fast as he, you know, I think he's, he's, he's just, he's missing his step, Joe. Yeah, you I, remember? Yeah, I think, yeah. It almost, it used to sound like one person saying it. He was so quick on the draw. I, I wonder if the radio uh, phone delay might, might be, I'm blaming the equipment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, my game is perfect. I'm blaming the equipment. All right, let's try it again. Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. I, I don't know. I, I, I think he's, he's, he's just a titch slower than he used to be. All right, uh, let's, uh, let's get into this uh, latest uh, details on firearms. Gun sales are up 95%. Ammo sales oh. up 139%. 
Sales to black Americans are up 58%. Women, Hispanics, uh, Chinese, everybody is buying more firearms and more ammunition. Uh, you Good know, job, I, America. I'm proud of you. Well, you know, it occurs to me with the election coming up, and you know where the Democrats stand on the Second Amendment and firearms, uh, that this, this huge uh, surge in gun ownership may make these people Second Amendment supporters, people who are concerned about protecting themselves and their families uh, in the midst of all this rioting, uh, mm -hmm. they may yeah. start voting for pro-firearms, uh, pro-Second Amendment candidates. Yeah, I think they shot themselves in the foot. <laughs> By the way, uh, 30 minutes from now, uh, we are going to have uh, John Lott on uh, Gun Control Myths is his new book. He is a violence prevention expert. You know, I usually uh, uh, introduce him as a Second Amendment supporter. But he points out in his book, and rightly so, he is really a violence prevention expert. Uh, because based on historical data, he will tell you where you're most likely to get caught up uh, in, in uh, uh, firearms exchange and, and how best to avoid uh, mass shootings, among other things. Uh, so that'll be 30 minutes from now. Uh, in the meantime, all of these uh, uh, firearm sales and ammunition sales are making it very, very challenging for many people to get the ammo they have. So let me go to Larry and talk about, actually both you guys, but I'll start with Larry. Um, one of the things that, uh, that I recommend is that we have sufficient ammo on hand all the time so that if something comes up, we're not knocking on the door at Modern Arms, <clears throat> the Brown Station location, trying to buy ammunition while the whole rest of the world is at the same time. So how much extra well, ammo? Yeah, that's, that's just part of being, a, a, I, I think, being a, a responsible adult and, and, and having, you know, the the things that um, that I might need already bought and stored away, you know, at the bunker, you know, I've... I've I, I I hate to have my my tin tinfoil hat on, but you know the the even the government says you know you should have a, a preparedness kit, some food and some waters, you know some extra batteries, some some cash on hand, and and you know with part of that for me is is some ammunition on hand. Um, you know I don't want to go shopping for a fire extinguisher when when I've got a kitchen fire. Um, I need I need to have those things in place before. I really need them, and I also need to put some good training and practice in place before I really need those skills. But, um, yeah, I don't know how much is the right amount. Um, I'm sure that, that, the, that my amount's different from, from yours, Gary. But, um, and that, that's okay. You know, it, it's all part of that, that uh, preparedness ladder that, 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 we are, that we're on and, 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 you know, preparing ourselves with life skills through schooling, preparing ourselves, you know, with advanced training through in the firearms world, preparing ourselves with, with medical training. You know, it's all just part of that preparedness ladder. And, and the more we know, um, you know, the, the better uh, decisions we can make. Yeah, I, uh, I personally have for my concealed carry, the, the firearm that I usually carry, <clears throat> I have about eight boxes of ammo uh, that I have all the time. Uh, you know, as I deplete them, I'll go out and replace them. But in the interim, when there's a surge like there is now, I don't have to worry, will I be able to get my hands on them? Uh, will I get the ammo that I need? Speaking of which, uh, how are you doing on getting ammo at Modern Arms? Well, at the Brown Station location, we're doing 
pretty good. Um, you know, the uh, America uh, has has bought all of the all of the wholesale suppliers' supply of ammunition and and uh, I'll call them affordable firearms. Um, you know, there's just not a lot in the marketplace that we can go to our wholesalers and get. We were able to source some uh, factory remanufactured ammunition um, from uh, Buzz Ballistics uh, down in actually made in Ashland, Missouri. Uh, we do have on hand this morning. I've got a, a, a large supply of 40 Smith and Wesson uh, rounds, and I've also got uh, 223 in three different bullet weights. Um, and that's really the only extra ammo we have uh, in the marketplace today. We have been able to to stay pretty well up on 9mm, but I am out today. Um, Now, we have planned ahead. We do have uh, ammunition available for purchase with any of the firearms that we have for sale. So um, I'm I'm not just selling... uh, expensive keychains we do have uh, have (laughs) ammo that we can sell you if if you're willing if you're in buying a gun um yeah does this car come with tires (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) all right so if i go in there and i buy a nine millimeter you have some some ammo reserve so that i can at least have some yeah i've got a i've got at least a box reserve for each of them and you know unfortunately it's not it's not as affordable as it was in the past we're having to to pay more for ammo, and the prices have gone up. Um, and and I, I hate that, but you know, it, in order to have some, we've had to go out and source it from other places and pay more for it. So, um, so at least we have some that's available with each of the firearms. Wow. Yeah, the uh, secret is to budget. The but you know, we need to budget our ammo, and we need to budget our training. If we look at this yeah. just like we would any other part of our household budget, if we're going to fire a hundred rounds a month. And some people, maybe just 50 rounds a month if you're carrying a, a, a J-frame revolver or something. And, and go in and make you know, carry a notebook for your training logbook and do some there are thousands of drills on the Internet. Find a couple of good drills, challenge yourself, keep score, and only shoot a limited number. So make those rounds that you fire count. And if you fire 100 a month, that's 1,200 rounds a year. If you take a couple of uh, firearms classes, there's five to 800 more. So 2,000 rounds would allow you a year of maintaining proficiency and obviously you need much much fewer much less uh stockpile of defense ammo but if you think about budgeting the training and budgeting the, the expenditure it's pretty easy to come up with something that makes sense for you for your situation tell me about this logbook. well everyone should have a notebook so when you go in and you do certain drills and i say there are thousands of them you, you write down what your score is. If you have a shot timer, you're going to write down what your, your part time is and, and you'll work to improve it. So then you say, well, this, this particular drill wears um, a strong arm, you know, three rounds, then shift to weak arm, three rounds. And, and at varying distance, so you can say, well, I scored 80%. Well, when you start scoring 80%, you need to move faster. Um, you know, and, and so you can actually build, just like if you're running or, or training for any sport, if you keep a little notebook, you know, a 98 cent notebook from Walmart, and you've got a great training companion, a doc- and not only that, it documents all your training. If you're ever put on the stand, what makes you think you're competent to carry a gun, right? Um, so all this training is documented. Interesting. Not a bad idea. Yeah, I I hadn't- it's a great way to track your progress. You know, are, are you actually yeah. increasing, you know, are you refining these skills or are you being sloppy and, you know, are you wasting range time? It's a way to, a way to benchmark your, your, your proficiency and, uh, you know, engage your success uh, getting better each time. Well, what does the NRA say about this surge in firearm sales? 
interesting because they think there is opposition research that is going to be used against Second Amendment supporters. Joe Gilbert is on board with us. JoeGilbert.us. It's Action Tactical. Larry Whalen with us from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. I'm Gary on Guns. Hot Talk 93.9 The Eagle. It is 49 minutes after the hour. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Larry Whalen is on board from Modern Arms. At the Brown Station location. And Joe Gilbert. JoeGilbert.us. Action Tactical is his company. He he goes, it's, it's not just how do I shoot accurately, it's tactics that will save your life. So if the bad guy comes to your house and breaks in, how do you respond and under what situation, what are the things that you can do uh, to protect yourself? It is a terrific class. Uh, go to Joe Gilbert, G-I-L-B-E-R-T, JoeGilbert.us. And, uh, and connect. In the meantime, uh, we've got some information about all of these gun sales and how the anti-gunners are going to use this increase in sales to suggest that an increase in gun violence is tied to it when, in fact, the rioting has been going on now for months. And it's actually just the opposite. So we'll, we'll try and get into that. Uh, also uh, know that uh, we are going to have Dr. John Lott on the program in just a few minutes. Gun control myths. He is a violence prevention expert. Uh, but in the meantime, let's grab a phone call here and uh, let's bring Mike on board. Mike, welcome. Glad to have you on Gary on Guns. How are you this morning? Doing pretty good, sir. Great. And you? Uh, doing very well, thank you. What's, uh, what's uh, your question? Well, with, with the experts you got there, I'd like to know if it's uh, better to have multiple caliber weapons or just one, say like a 9 millimeter uh, throughout or uh, 223, uh, 5.56, uh, just just one caliber, or, or should you carry more different ones? So should you mix it up? Right. Uh, that's interesting. With it, when there uh, periodically there are uh, uh, shortages, as there are right now, in ammunition right. sales. Uh, so if you carry a nine and you also have a forty, you might be able to get one and not the other. Larry, what do you think? Well, you know, I'm I am I am all about round compatibility. Um, certainly, if if we've got a you know a couple looking to 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 get their first firearms, I always encourage them to keep the same the same caliber uh just because it it, um, it it makes it much easier to stay stocked up you know you know exactly what you need um and you know you've got that 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 round compatibility i even like you know family of gun um you know if i'm selling to to to, to a family that might shoot together or might need to defend themselves together having magazine compatibility um you know oh. most law enforcement agencies um provide firearms to their to their officers or many, many do many major departments do and uh, you know that policy is part of of magazine and round compatibility um so that you know the people that you would be um with on on, on your side um could share mm-hmm. ammunition um you know and and that's kind of uh that's just my take on it i, I am I, I do own multiple calibers um yeah, but you know it's it's my industry it's what i do but um yeah. You know, I think having a, a two twenty three carbine is is a very valuable tool, and um, you know, I would I would rather have a, a long gun than a handgun um, if if I get to choose. 
but I can't always have a long gun with me, so I carry a handgun, you know, when, when, I, when I'm not able to carry a long gun. So um, that's kind of both answers. I apologize, but I, I do like having round compatibility um, with the, the people that I'm going to be shooting with, most likely, uh, so that we can share ammo back and forth. Joe? Oh, I appreciate it. Joe, you want to lean in on this yeah, one? Yeah, I'm in. Uh, I'm pretty much in the same boat with Larry. You know, mission drives gear. So, you know, if you want a carbine to carry in your car if you're traveling, and you've got nine millimeter handguns, then a, a pistol caliber carbine, uh, you know, with a pistol brace, it's considered a pistol instead of a short barreled rifle, is a great solution. What you're giving up with that short barrel is is the um, is the wounding ability because of the velocity is just not there out of a short barrel where if you were firing you know uh, a shorter barrel uh, 223 or 556 you're gonna have much greater velocity and, and a, a you know better permanent wound channel but it's it's really it's personal preference and whatever you you know there, there's a lot of this is this is the united states we do things because we want to and because we can um it's not because unfortunately need to uh, sometimes we do need to but yeah, whatever trips your trigger. Just make sure you have a plan. All right, Mike, I hope that helps. Yes, it does. I think I'm going to go out and get a 308. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Mike, thank Be you. With the, with the other guy. You all have a good day. You too. Glad to have you in okay. Gary on Guns. Wow. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go out and get a 308. Where, where would he find that? Oh, what? at the Brown Station location. I know a place. Modern Arms? All right. Yeah. So, according to the NRA, we talked about the surge in uh, in firearm sales. Uh, Anti-gun activists are laying the groundwork now to blame gun owners for any increases in violent crime this year. First uh, came uh, desperate attempts to the gun violence to COVID-19 uh, when the pandemic dominated the network cycle. Now, anti-gun academics are rushing in to produce research that can be used to blame gun owners for any increases in crime uh, because of the unprecedented surge this year. Uh, Washington Post covers the latest research claims that gun buying binge is associated with significant increase in gun violence across the United States. UC Davis study says uh, uh, the same, you know, basically the same thing. Kind of putting the reaction uh, to the violence on the other side of the violence. Instead of the violence causing us to go out and buy firearms, they're saying the firearms are causing violence. Is that they are. That's, uh, that's a pretty, pretty standard anti-gun uh, position. Uh, blame the hardware, not the, not the bad actors. Um, because, you know, it, they, they think it's easier to, obviously, it, it would be easier to control the hardware than the bad actors. We've had you know, people incarcerated for, for a very long time, and there's no real rehabilitation that goes on in our American penal system. So, you know, when you're done serving your time, you're back out, and you're still a bad guy, and you go back to doing bad guy work. Um, but, you know, the, the efforts or the, the push to, to defund the police or, you know, modify policing so that they don't bother criminals has Americans buying more guns. I think it's a very natural outflow of that type of, uh, that type of political stance you know, when, when you say that the police are the bad people, um, you're going to have more civilians understanding they need to be responsible for their own defense. Yeah, yeah. we're seeing more and more Bernie Sanders, people in Bernie Sanders cars and bicycles carrying guns now. And I, I think um, 
I think this is going to show at the ballot box, just like you said earlier, Gary. I think I think these people are going to start voting pro-gun because they know they're not protected. Yeah, the only way they're going to protect be protected, because like we always say in the program, uh, when seconds count, police are minutes away. Uh, they, they do their best, but they can't be everywhere at once. Uh, let's talk a little bit about practice. Um, I've got my preference, uh, and we'll do this uh, after uh, we have our conversation with John Lott. Uh, from, uh, he is the uh, violence prevention expert. His book is Gun Control Myths. You can't even get past, frankly, the introduction without... I mean, you know, we could spend an hour just on that alone. That's how much information is in this book. That'll be next on Gary on Guns, Hot Talk, 93.9 Eagle.